Today is Tuesday, January 10th. The title for our devotional is Passover. Remember, our campaign is called The Table. The Table is a powerful symbol of the way of Jesus. We often refer to the Lord's Supper, or Communion, or the Eucharist, as coming to the table. We're beginning our exploration of the table by looking at the table in which Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. A key theme in this scene is the Passover meal that Jesus is sharing with his disciples. The timing of the Passion here is just so perfect. The crucifixion and resurrection take place during the Passover celebration and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, in which hundreds of thousands of devout Jews would have traveled to Jerusalem to take part in the feast. So let's again look at Luke 22, 7-13 and read just briefly about uh, this Passover meal that Jesus shares with his disciples. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. The Passover meal kicked off the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which lasted for the next week. In this celebration, the people of Israel would remember the exodus from Egypt. The first of the seven days would be commemorated with a sacrifice, and no leavened bread would be eaten during the entire week. The original Passover in Exodus was the tenth and final plague that God brought down on the Egyptians. The plague finally broke the yoke of slavery that Pharaoh held over the people of Israel. We read about it in Exodus chapter 12. The animals you choose must be a year old, males without defect, it says. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of their houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire, with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is still left, till morning you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Tomorrow, we will explore the lamb symbolism, which is key to what Jesus is doing here at the Last Supper. Today, let's simply reflect on what happened at the original Passover. Remember, this is God's final act of judgment on Egypt, specifically Pharaoh, who fancied himself a God equal to Yahweh, which brought about the deliverance of God's people, Israel. And even this tenth plague, the death of the firstborn son of each household and animals, was kind of like a a response to Pharaoh killing all of the male children of the Egyptians at the beginning of the book of Exodus. So, here are the people there to have a meal. They're to eat the lamb, along with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. Exodus 12, 8, remember, says that same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. The blood of the lamb was then to be placed on the doorframe of their houses as a means of deliverance from the tenth plague. God provided a means of escape for the people, unlike Pharaoh, in killing the the young boys of Israel. 
The unleavened bread was a symbol of haste in which they were to leave. Verses 10 and 11 of Exodus 12 instruct the people to be ready to leave quickly. That's what it's talking about with uh, uh, tucking the your cloak into your belt and your sandals on. This final plague again would break the yoke of slavery that Pharaoh held over the people, and they needed to be ready to leave quickly. They were preparing. Uh, in preparing, they were trusting that God would deliver them. I don't know much about baking bread, but yeast takes at least a few hours, if not a day or two, uh, to rise and to cause the dough to rise. They didn't have a few hours to wait, so that's why they ate unleavened bread. They were to be ready to leave immediately, anticipating God's deliverance. They were commanded to then practice this feast every year as a reminder of Yahweh's salvation from slavery in Egypt. These are still the primary staples in a Jewish Passover cedar today. In Exodus 12, 14, and 17, we read, This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And then verse 17, Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread, because it was on this very day that I brought your, your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. So now that we have this picture of the Passover, uh, the original Passover of Exodus and what they were celebrating, contrast that image of haste with the image of reclining at the table we saw yesterday. Remember Carson's comment, it's kind of like a juxtaposition to the haste with which they left Egypt to their, their freedom and deliverance that they experience now. Eating the unleavened bread would remind them of the haste which the people of Israel had left in the first over, the first Passover. Uh, reclining and the ceremony of the Passover cedar, which took some time, would remind them of the blessing that they currently enjoyed. Though they remember the haste of the first Passover, they can now enjoy the blessing of freedom that they currently have. Returning then to the Last Supper, Jesus is sharing this with his disciples. The theme of remembrance or commemoration is front and center. Jesus is going to take this theme and add more meaning to it. This will pick up tomorrow. For additional content, I've linked you to a Bible Project podcast and talks about why there are 10 plagues and they go into good detail into the 10 plagues and the last plagues especially for our purposes today. For reflection time, it's really difficult for us to imagine what it would be like for the people of Israel to participate in this memorial of Passover every year. Our Independence Day has some similarities, but it's nowhere near the theological significance of the Passover. Yet, as members of the family of God, though we are not Israelite, this story is our story in some sense as well. So today, just do your best to grasp these themes that I talked about in the devotional of the Passover, in which the apostles are now participating in this Last Supper with Jesus. We're going to see in the coming days how Jesus takes the, the symbols and the themes of the Passover meal, and he uh, gives them new meaning in himself. So in order to fully grasp what's going on here, let's do our best to understand the original Passover that they're celebrating.